Hi there. You hear us say it all the time, but this show and plenty others like it are only possible because so many people have given so generously for so long over at our Patreon campaign. Patreon is a uh, crowdfunding uh, platform for ongoing projects like podcasts, comics, things like that. Uh, think of it like Kickstarter, but distributed over time. Um, if you want to support this show and uh, pretty much the entire Duckfeed network, not pretty much the entire network, go over to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Um, that is P A T R E O N dot com Patreon. Um, it makes a huge difference. You get some rewards. You get to be a uh, part of our Slack community. It's all good. So again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books. I'm your host, Cole Ross, and I am joined today by Autumn Greer. Once again, delighted to be here. Chase Greenlee. Hello, hello. And Patty Smith. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you so much, all of you, for uh, for, for, for joining us for this uh, kind of prickly section of the book, not going to lie. Uh, last, the, the, the previous episode was all about, uh, just being boys on the beach. Um, and boys on the beach. <laughs> yep. Beach boys. <laughs> and we're going to have to, uh, we're definitely going to have to get through some more, uh, let, let's say, let's say choppy waters, uh, as we talk about the remainder of the, of the lady of shadows, uh, portion of the book. So last time we, uh, talked about Eddie and Roland who are both sick in different ways uh going up the beach and getting to know each other ultimately finding this second door leading back to New York through the mind of Odetta Holmes slash Detta Walker one of which is a very proper civil rights activist and the other of which is uh something uh and uh she's very vicious a vicious alter ego and so now we have brought uh, both Detta and Odetta back to the other side, and uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel the need um, to give that disclaimer again. There's going to be some rocky stuff in here, and we're going to try not to dwell on it too much. But it's going to be hard not to not to present what is happening in the book, especially because, for all intents and purposes, excepting one character we're going to meet later. Detta is the villain of this book in a lot of ways. And is, is, is that an incorrect read? Do you think? I always think about Detta and Odetta. It's like that question from um, Mad Men or back in the sixties about, do you want a Jackie or a Marilyn? Except this time the Marilyn would like literally murder you with her hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she, she's a gunslinger. Oh boy. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty rough autumn. So you were not here last time. Um, what made you jump on this section of the book? Because for a while on the spreadsheet there, it was kind of, it was kind of poison. I saw that it was poison. I wanted to give a little space in case, um, someone did want to pipe up and on it, but, oh man, you guys know, I love to talk about the dark tower. Yep. I mean, it, it's, I guess it's my Stardew Valley that no one can stop talking about. Like now, like the, like the mail delivery guy comes and I'm like, Ooh, is this a dark tower reference? You know, I had 19 pieces of mail. Ooh. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of mail. Good God. 
<laughs> keeping them in business. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I see, uh, I, I, I don't know, both, both, both Chase and Patty were on last time. So we've, we've got the general, the general kind of thing. Again, things dealing with race. There's a little bit of sexual assault stuff in here as well. Uh, we're going to try and navigate it the best as we can. Um, as uh, shockingly enough, um, Roland brings Detta through, but uh, the person who appears on the other side is Odetta. Like, this is not the person whose mind that he was in. And we rolled into that from a very action-packed scene, too. I can see why the boys were pretty pretty confused, particularly Eddie. Um, once again, I would love to see this realized in film just because, <laughs> I mean, the switching back and forth with the door, the door hovering behind people, it would be fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I paid very particular attention to exactly how the doors worked in this, in this time, because, because when Odetta comes through, she's really confused because nobody's behind her pushing her. So even though, you know, Roland did kind of send her through when they got back, Roland was in his body again with, you know, Eddie hovering over him with a knife. So like just, he's not coming out from behind it. Yeah. Do you think she's still I, moving as she appears and then Roland just kind of pings? I don't know if it's uh, if it's like portal or not, if they maintain the momentum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense at this point. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, but but yeah, like another important thing about, about the mechanics of this, like as Roland and Detta were both rolling back toward the door and Eddie was, you know, looking on because, hey, this is a fascinating magical portal. Um, he saw himself. Eddie did. In fact, it made him sick. And this ends up being a very, very important plot point later on, because like it's not like a mirror. It was like looking through a pane of glass almost is the way he described it at another at another hymn. So, so that's going to be kind of an important way that this, uh, that this kind of goes. Um, what do you guys think about Odetta's reaction to being on this side? Her, uh, you know, kind of just straight up denial. For, for me, I was really surprised that, um, well, I mean, when you compare it to Eddie in the first half of the book, Eddie had some time. There's a little voice in his head that talks to him for a while. They work out plans. Odetta just got snatched. I mean, like, I'm taking over your body. I'm rolling your wheelchair. Let's go. <laughs> there was the no thing explanation. With Odetta, she doesn't, Odetta doesn't seem to, because of her blanks and the switches, you know, it, Odetta wasn't the one that was brought through. Detta was the one that was brought through. Um, Odetta just like, oh, uh, it's another jump. Cool. Okay. Because her brain's used to kind of skipping large portions of time. Yeah. She, she seems like quite, I don't know, I, I kind of read that she was quite just unfazed. Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it even the brain unpack. <laughs> it, it even it even opens up with Roland thinking like, oh, any other woman under those circumstances would have certainly asked, "Where am I?" Above all else, but like in the flurry mm -hmm. of questions that she asks as Odetta kind of like comes back to life, you know, she asks, "Who am I?" <laughs> like she's she, she's unfazed by it because you're right, Patty. Like that she 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 has had an awful lot of uh, kind of practice for this. She definitely had a very um, streetcar named Desire, like, um, like, oh, who, who am I? Like that. Um, I've always depended on the kindness of strangers type yeah. of thing going. I mean, she's she's so polite and pleasant about it that it's almost baffling. Like, oh, yeah. hello, gentlemen. Her, her first words on the other side are to Eddie saying, now, what are you planning on doing with that knife, young man? 
<laughs> which is which is not not the expected reaction to say the least. Chase, you were gonna say something? Oh no, just her reaction is incredibly reasonable for the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Just being dragged into another plane of reality. It's like, oh, okay, this is well, this is strange. Yeah. Um, could you put that down, sir, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, Roland is off his balance because this is not the same person that he was in. And we get this awesome kind of, again, a picture of the of the physics of this. You know, Roland describes being inside Eddie's mind as, like, being inside of a room with jittery, sweating walls. Whereas the person that he was inside, you know, Detta, um, uh, had been, like, laying naked in the dark while venomous snakes crawled all over you. And how's that for a description? He uses nope. a lot of snake language about her in general. <laughs> Rattlesnakes, copperheads. I mean, yeah, he he goes for it. <laughs> and I love the way that comes back later on. Actually, the the the, the snake stuff. But that's uh, three books down the down the road. Three or four books down the road. Um, As someone who really, really, really doesn't like snakes, this was quite vivid for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck snakes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where are their arms and legs? <laughs> where's the rest of you <laughs> where's the rest of you <laughs> so, back, thank you very much <laughs> um there's another thing that happens here uh it, it stretches credul credulity a little bit because it doesn't seem like an awful lot of time passes but eddie kind of immediately falls for odetta and roland kind of you know pin pins it down right saying oh as long as he has somebody to take care of he'll be fine he'll be better you know but this reflects poorly on Roland because he knows that he would not be able to provide that. Uh, what do you all think of of Eddie falling for Odetta as quickly as he does? Um, it's a bit quick, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that my only real takeaway. Is like, oh, that was very quick. You know, they're all in a big, uh, like a high pressure situation. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a. Well, it was like, have you seen the film Speed? Yes. When at the end of Speed, uh, and they're like, oh, you shouldn't form a relationship based on, you know, a high-intensity situation. Like, you shouldn't. That's what they're doing. We did see, like, in the previous chapter the that even the ambulance guy, like, the intern that was working with him was kind of falling in love with her. All I can think is that Odetta is just like a... Like a schizophrenic pixie dream girl, like a trope, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let me go ahead and squat that on TV tropes. One entry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she 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 is definitely portrayed as like this heartbreaker almost, right? I wouldn't invite her to my sixteenth birthday for a coed party. No. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we don't we never get any real physical descriptions of Odetta herself, and it's not like that matters too terribly much. It's mostly just related to to her eyes, specifically as it um, kind of comes to describing the difference between Detta and Odetta. Like by looking at her and, and her expressions, people can tell which one which one she is, right? But other than that, like all that we have is other people's reactions to her to really kind of like gauge whether or not this is something that'll you know that, that that'll happen man i'm feeling shallow for talking about her physical appearance fuck me <laughs> well to be to be fair stephen king does 
spend about 2,000 words talking about how heavy your wheelchair is, which is almost like a characterization. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those it's one of those ancient things. Yeah, Eddie specifically, like later on, because this is this is a death march of a chapter. These two chapters are a death march, not because they're they're really long. In fact, it, it moves fairly quickly. But the descriptions of what's happening here, like Odetta, and then also Odetta's presence taxes them in a in a in a really big bad way so they have to get moving because they need to get to the next door and as they're going and as they're you know trying to uh gas up essentially they uh you know roland goes to get some water and eddie starts talking with her trying to basically convince her that yes this is real we are sharing a reality because because to odetta she has kind of these two she has these two theories either you know this is a coma dream or she has gone insane um when we get more detail about uh about the first of those the uh the the the, the coma dream and we actually we're actually taken back and shown the thing that actually created that that created detta herself um the incident with the brick Mm. So we, we've had the the leg incident in the last uh, chapter, and, and now we get the other piece of the puzzle, or yeah. the piece taken away from the puzzle, if that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, part of why Detta is so angry about the Force Special and so fixated on the Blue Lady, we get a little bit of, like, background on this. What do you think of the story of uh, of her getting wanged in the head with a brick? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a better way to better way to say it. That sounds awful. <laughs> Can we well, say we enjoyed it? <laughs> <laughs> Can we say it enjoyed was it? great. <laughs> go, go into that, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun seeing kids get beaten up. No, um, it, it's I I see it not as a like. Of course, there's the sudden shock of the violence of the brick in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I see this bit more as a, a painting of the times she was living in when she was, I think five when that happened. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and it's more a painting of just, just the casual racism or like the fact that it was so indebted where, uh, the family were waiting for a taxi to pick them up after the wedding and they see a taxi drive up and then drive away after seeing they were a black family. Uh, and then they, uh, I think the father, uh, her dad was like, you know, obviously angry, but trying to hide it saying, no, no, we'll walk instead, you know, for fear of being, the same thing happening again. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't see this bit so much as about the, the the actual smack in the head, but more about sort of putting her in a time and getting an idea of where, you know, the times like the, the family situation as well and getting a read on how her family situation was before getting wanged in the head with a brick. Yeah. That was hard to say, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It, it definitely I think I've been wanged highlight- in the head with a brick. <laughs> It definitely highlights that the universe is pretty much, what is it they say, like, blind, vindictive, and cruel? Uh, I mean, like, it's just such a random thing to have happen to a a very nice, affluent family. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they were out there doing some, you know, they were in a part of the country that wasn't particularly cheerful at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of speaking of that, it's been really interesting in this. I had to do a lot of Googling just because there are, when she and Eddie are talking with each other, there's a lot of weird time anachronisms like i honestly didn't remember who christian mcauliffe was i had to look up the wikipedia for the freedom riders Mm -hmm. it it it, i had to do a little homework for this episode and i noticed that more in this book than any other book in the series yeah 
Well, I mean, it, what we're seeing is this contrast between their experience, right? Like Eddie very quickly gathers that she's from a different time and they're just constantly talking past each other with slang. So when or or just uh, with, with with events. So when Detta talks about Oxford, all that Eddie can remember is like being a really small child, like still in diapers and hearing Walter Cronkite talking about Oxford on the news. Because because Eddie was born in the same year that uh, that 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 Odetta was uh, pulled from. Mm. Yeah, there's a there, there's a quote about that. Um, let me see here a little section. Uh, they were speaking to each other from separate islands. The water between was time. So, yeah, like she's, you know, dropping all these names and references and he's got no idea. And there's the racial aspect of this, too, where what do you call um a black person uh once again stephen king with um his encyclopedic knowledge of the time place and exact date i guess that terms went in and out of fashion uh, at, at least in his own mind at least stephen king can keep us on track to let us know when these racial slurs became appropriate or inappropriate yeah so so, so there's just a lot of mismatches going on between bet between the two of them but um you know we're going we're going to learn like this 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 whole event um with the brick is why um Odetta believes that she you know she she is in like a coma right now because it's happened to her before um and this brick hitting her head is actually one of the inciting incidents to create Detta you know this the, the this this shard uh within her so you know again these this whole thing kind of tied up and also what we're seeing here is Odetta's defense mechanisms coming into play because she is constantly fabricating stories or using tricks of logic on herself and in talking with Eddie to kind of like get around and explain away why this is, <laughs> you know, why the version of reality that she's made up has to be true. Well, she's really good at that, though, because that's, that's what she does all the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, she just, it's just reverting to natural type, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, trying to put myself in her position, maybe I think I'd gone a bit mental. Yeah. And was having a coma dream. You're on a beach and there's lobsters now. Oh. <laughs> okay. Right. Maybe I'm mental. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a, there, there's, there's a, there's a scary Clint Eastwood type. reasonable conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be crazy if you didn't consider it, you know? Mm. But a, then again, uh, a chance to join in on the boys on the beach action, mm. I'd be in for. So, <laughs> oh. boys <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. Um, <sighs> there is something nice about the solitude of the first book with Roland pulling this content together. Like mm -hmm. at first, I guess, I guess you'd say Roland was doing a one bro. And now <laughs> Roland, Roland's collecting the whole set, right? He's collecting the whole cost set. Yeah. Yeah, cost set exactly. Yeah. Well, well said. Yeah, it, it, it is cool to see him putting putting his team together, but like he's he's kind of drawn a couple of bad cards so far. There, you know, it, it ends up working out, but like this entire book with 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 Eddie's, you know, kind of latent addiction and the things that's kind of driving him to do, you know, putting the knife to Roland's throat, 
um, and there's going to be even more later, really. And then, you know, Odetta, who, you know, even when the good side of her is showing, is very obtuse and just kind of in straight up denial of of, of what's going on. Like, this is this is bad news. But, but I like that he brings through people that are a bit rubbish. Oh, it makes for a funner story. Like, imagine <laughs> if he pulled through, like, Bear Grylls um, <laughs> and Wonder Woman at first. Like, ah, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ten pages long. And then they went to the tower and they won. The end. <laughs> they lit a Bear fire Grylls with a corn chip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So here's the thing. I'm saying, oh, this is bad because I'm putting myself in the moment with the story. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to deal with this now. When in reality, like, oh, there were the, <laughs> this book could be, like you said, 10 pages long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, he's just drawing Roland's 11. There's going to be like, you know, nine more people, oh a God. demolitions expert. Oh gosh. A Bernie Mac. Can we have yes. a Bernie Mac? Exactly. He's going to collect the whole set. It's going to be a fun trip to the tower. Good suits. <laughs> Good suits. Oh, you can just tell they had fun. Um, so <laughs> the thing that uh, kind of ultimately breaks through and gets Odetta to at least acknowledge that, Eddie's version of the story, you know, with this missing time, because she believes that, you know, like the last thing she, that she remembers was that she was in her living room watching the news um, and has no memory whatsoever of the shoplifting at all. And Eddie says, hey, look, look, look at your fingers, hon, because, ch- you know, check out what you're wearing, because that is that's the stuff that we saw you saw you stealing. And it's cheap costume jewelry, jewelry, the kind that. Detta would steal, but Odetta, you know, would never wear. I like that she's like aggressively not noticed it as well. Like <laughs> made a point of not seeing it. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that I think Eddie calls her Detta by accident once and she goes nuts. No, yeah. You yeah, don't... that is a that's not a good name for her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well she huh? Well, she doesn't know why. She's like, don't call me that. I hate it. And they're like, oh, I had no idea. Like, there's no explanation as to what it is. Like, you know, everybody has that has has that nickname that you don't want to be called. So Eddie doesn't do, do, doesn't take it into account. He has no idea who Detta actually is at this point. Right. Mm. But it's just uh, it is it is a sign of things to come. And her tick um, when, you know, when she's about to turn and she gets a headache and, you know, raises her hand, uh, to her temple. So very much, um, she is primed for that as Roland gets back with, uh, with the water saying, oh yeah, I'm totally sick again. We didn't have enough antibiotics. So, uh, can you put that on the list for later? Maybe, um, <laughs> <laughs> And what I what I really like about seeing Detta and Odetta is Odetta just blocks everything out and has zero memories, and Detta has those very specifically uh, those like shaded memories where she's like remembers the worst possible scenario, like you know someone's robbing her, attacking her, doing whatever. I mean, she she sees the most negative aspect of it, and Odetta's just like a blank slate, like oh, mm-hmm. hello, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 way that they that, that that they cope and they kind of run defense for each other is is pretty great. I think De- Odette is living quite a nice life anyway, so she's probably just filling in the blanks, thinking, "Oh, I probably just sat around and listened to the news and went on a lovely trip." Yeah, <laughs> she she is living her best life, isn't she? <laughs> mm. Someone's got to. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard work, but someone's got to do it. 
<laughs> yeah um like the, the 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 worst thing that happens to adetta is you know she 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 falls and hits her head on the uh, on the uh you know bathtub or whatever you know she whereas... did get wunged in the head with the brook that one time oh true yeah yeah but what's a bathtub <laughs> if not a different kind of brick mm. makes and, you makes you think and for Detta, at least at least she got to smash that for special plate one time that sounds like a great day yeah mm. <laughs> So, yeah, Roland tells Eddie, hey, keep your guard up. You know, something isn't, so, you know, something's up here. Then, you know, there, there, there are two women in that woman. So, you know, just, just, just watch out. And Eddie doesn't really listen. And Roland knows that Eddie doesn't listen. Thing is for Eddie, like, she, she's very nice. He's like, be on your guard. Like, yeah, but he's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, she's she's a little bit obtuse, a little, a little bit obstinate about, you know, a shared and, reality, but go ahead. And he has that ableist thing, too, because he's like, she's a really nice cultured lady in a wheelchair. What's she going to do, Roland? <laughs> like, like, really, what's, what's she going to do? Yeah. Roll at me real fast? Like, yeah, he's he's underestimating her. He's underestimating Ooh, her. Yes. Oh, uh, is he? I love the way the uh, the, the, the chapter Detta on the other side. Um, opens up actually in the middle of the night Detta Walker's eyes sprang open they were full of starlight and clear intelligence yeah so anybody have any thoughts about the way this opens up with uh, with basically attempted murder attempted uh, attempted su- summary execution uh, welcome to shit town yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like I mean we'll, we'll get into this but she's awful yeah and he's awful from like second one of her eyes being open. Just yeah. immediately, he's like, "Right, how can I make life bad for all of these people?" Yeah, uh, and oh, she's just awful. So sympathy, sympathy for Detta. You know, when she when when she wakes up, she has memories of both Eddie and Roland doing terrible things to her. You know, tying her down, calling her terrible names because that's the way that she sees the world, right? So, mm-hmm. yes, she, you know, her first, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not true. And it, it, it is kind of a, a, um, a version of reality that justifies violence and viciousness like she has. But, um, but like that, like she is, she is responding to the reality, to the reality that she is kind of like filling in for herself. It's like Autumn said, filling in those gaps, right? Mm. I, I suppose I that's a good point. <laughs> I will say that I don't really obviously care for Data. She's terrifying. I, I don't want to be in a, a like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu cage match with her or anything <laughs> because I would most definitely lose. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it is fun seeing someone kind of hand rolling his ass. Like every time she calls him, if you'll pardon my French, a motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Screw you, Roland. You're dragging us out here on this thing. Like, it's nice seeing somebody kind of stick it to Roland a little bit and tell him off. Because it, otherwise it never happens. Like, right, right here, like, we, we saw that Roland uh, is letting Eddie fall on his face. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to stay up just to embarrass Eddie, who's going to go to sleep. I'm going to make him look bad so he'll learn a lesson. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad to see in this high-handed guy being called a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, he like like Roland even says, "Oh, I need to be Eddie's court." You know, like he he takes precautions to make sure nobody is going to get hurt. But you know, like just he 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 sees this as a teachable moment. Uh, <laughs> like, like when was the last time, probably in Gilead, that Roland really got his ass chewed? Like you know, everything with his mom is stilted and awkward. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> oh, good sir, this and. <laughs> It's it's nice to see Roland. He probably hasn't had an ass chewing in a long time. No, no. 
Chase, what do you what do you think of this of this kind of first appearance? Um, you know what? I had something and then it immediately went away. That's fine <laughs> if you remember it. Good, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but like even even with this, you know, as Roland is watching with one eye open, as you know, she shuffles up and grabs the gun that is loaded with uh, with, with with cartridge casings. Um, you know, he says like, oh, you know, guess what? I, I, I pulled another one. Like, yes, she's evil and she doesn't have any legs, but she's a gunslinger nonetheless. So Roland shoots with his gun. Uh, Eddie shoots with his mouth. What is, what is, what does Odetta shoot with? Blind fury. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, I can't quite figure out, like, um, obviously she, she's definitely the one that shoots with her mind, right? Cause I mean, she's, yeah. she's running the long game. Mm. Like she's like, okay, I'm going to pretend to go to sleep. Eddie would never have thought of doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure. She definitely is. I think of the three, the smartest. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, you know, whereas Eddie is the be- is the best at talking his way out of things and Roland is best at improvising in the moment. You're absolutely right. Like, Detta is a schemer. You know, yeah, I, Which I hadn't actually, thought about that it that way. jogged my mind to remember what I was going to say originally. I what is I kind of want to know what Detta's long game is at this point, because she, you know, gets herself, um, you know, out of her out of the bedding and, uh, you know, to the gun and over to Eddie and tries to shoot him but like what was what was going to happen in the next five minutes i don't know like i'm I'm not saying that that wasn't a reasonable thing to do in that moment all things considered especially with the memories that she had but like i i it just kind of leaves me to wonder what was going to happen in the the minutes hours and days following i think that is her, her long game is revenge but once that's okay. done, I don't think she has a long game past that. It just so happened that the long game ended quite quick, or would have ended rather quickly for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have liked to see her yelling at those lobstrosities, like, look at you, motherfucker. Come on over here with your clicky claws and your data chick. I'm going to mess you up. Come on, bring it. <laughs> with your data chick. Get your, get your data chick over here. Yeah. yeah. I'll you all over the speech. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like uh, she would have ended up just clubbing lobstrosities for three days. Um, again, Brazilian jiu-jitsu cage match, wrestling, lobstrosities. They would have been terrified, declared yeah. a queen. She'd have, bitten, she'd have bitten one to death. <laughs> she'd be exactly. a lobster queen. The lobstrosity queen. Yeah. Oh, man. Which would go well with the, uh, with, with the hypothetical lobstrosity king that Eddie makes up to, who, who he is always worried is going to rise up to avenge his fallen comrades. Yeah. Um, I'm so, just picturing six of them carrying a litter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just no, fanning her see, with I, palm leaves. I can see Dad riding a really big one. Oh yeah, mm. forward my lobstrosity. Yeah, with a with, with, with a saddle made out of Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> be, <whoa. laughs> she, she's she's really evil, guys. <laughs> she, she's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I. I guess to be fair, she does have a taped up package of drugs, right? I mean, I, she could I, just walk over to the, uh, crawl over to the beach and get that, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's a pretty good day. Oh no, coked out lobstrosities! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. She's, then, she in the middle of all that, lobstrosities are just on a bender. <laughs> <laughs> and in the middle of all that, she gets a headache. Odette wakes up. 
oh, this is fine. <laughs> Queen of the Lobsters, clearly. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a coma, so nothing matters. Wee. She has the confidence. <laughs> she, has that, she has that Jeff Bridges fearlessness <laughs> to, really, to really become great here in Midworld. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, uh, there are a couple things we need to address because, you know, Detta right now is still, you know, pinning, pinning Eddie down and is about ready to club him. We have the way she talks, which again, we mentioned last week, there is a distinct patois to the way that she, you know, is addressing. We're not going to mimic it here because, uh, we are all as lily white as the driven snow. I can and, make it sound posh if you want. Uh, uh sure. Uh, I'm going to put a honk far. <laughs> oh, you honk, Mafa! I love. Honk, I, I, I love. I, so, so she's saying she's saying honky Mafa, um, and that's just the way that it's written now. And I'm only saying that for the joke, which is that Roland believes that Detta believes he and Eddie are monsters called honk Mafas. <laughs> They're in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He ran a he, he he ran the laser shop where Han Solo got his first blaster. <laughs> you know a laser shop like they have <sighs> fuck me <laughs> but but during this you know eddie dodges her her pistol whip and then she starts uh grinding her crotch against his uh kind of turning it into a sexual thing because that is one of the two speeds that she has. And throughout this, she is lobbing an awful lot of things that uh, I, I'm even a little bit too prudish to repeat. Um, go ahead. Yeah. But but again, it's so fun seeing this happen to Roland. I'm like, yeah, yeah, accuse him of all that stuff. Yeah, you tell him. He deserves it. Yeah. He's not He's not a good guy. Yeah, uh, she's she's homophobic as all fuck. Is the thing? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's real. Uh, it's oh man, nobody's safe, guys. <laughs> I, I believe the phrase is uh, "itty bitty candle." Yes, itty bitty candles. Um, whenever whenever Roland and Eddie are conferring, her her insinuation is that they are sucking on each other's itty bitty candles. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we need to fixate on that anymore, but like. If we're not addressing a particular part of that is just because, like, the the, the, the point is out there. She, you know, this is the way that she is speaking. There's a there's a point about that later on as, as we get to the section where they're pushing her up the beach. But, like, she is doing whatever she can to just piss them off because that's what she does. I like to think that that's what I would be doing, too, if I felt like two dudes had kidnapped me in my wheelchair. I'd be like, oh, fell over again. Uh-oh. <laughs> Like, I mean, I feel badly for Eddie because he was falling in love. But yeah. you know what? Good for you, Roland. you got a fever. You're not a nice guy. And I'm really slowing you down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for kidnapping me from 1966 New York. Yeah. Tying me to the wheelchair on, the, on, a, on a beach. Yeah. Like, they're holding her hostage. You know, just like Eddie was being held hostage when he was first brought over. You know, like, it's, it's, not, it's not good. And you do kind of justify it in your head because really, like, if I rolled up on two dudes that had a lady tied to a wheelchair and were pushing her, I would not think good things. Right. But you really have such deep empathy the way it's written. You're like, poor Eddie and poor Roland. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> well, because they're in service of the quest, and we have the uh, you know just just from the point of view of like, okay, we just we just need to get to the tower. Detta being like this is getting in the way. It's like that rabbit in Monty Python that kills people. Like, I mean, that's what it's got to be like to have Detta in the wheelchair tied up. Yeah. I mean, she. She she gets it a few times. Like she gets a little bit loose, hand breaks. Um, I mean, you're not gonna want to get your face too close to her mouth or her hands. <laughs> yeah, she almost bites off Roland's remaining fingers um, as he as he tries to <laughs> tries to tie her up. She doesn't have a lot of cards, but she plays them. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And again, she has that she she has that resourcefulness. Eddie's insight into her condition mostly comes, he admits, from watching um, from watching uh, soap operas while stoned with Henry. Uh, which is the best way to do any kind of research. Um, I say that only half kidding because most of the things I know, not from being stoned, but just from consuming pop culture. But like that, again, this is this is Eddie's view of the world and, you know, what he brings to it. And Roland grasps the concept right away because he understands possession, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking about it. It seems like Roland has a more nuanced view of it than Eddie does. Like Eddie has the modern, our world, um, I guess, approbation or like phobia about mental illness where you use kind of slang terms around it and roland probably has the best take on data out of the two of them yeah like he even says he's been in people's head yeah Yeah, he's been in someone's head he knows what it's like to be the second person in the head (laughs) he's been in her head yeah that's a strange thing to say (laughs) i know what it's like to be the second wheel um (laughs) yeah uh, he definitely. Uh, I, I love the, the the line. So Eddie says, "Oh, I'm, I'm I'm not a shrink." And then you know Roland expresses a little bit of uh, like, "What are you talking about a shrink?" Says, "Oh, it's like a psychiatrist, doctor for your mind." And Roland's bit is like, "Oh, I like shrink better. Her mind is too big for her body. Like there's too there there's too much mind in there. We need to we need to we need to, need to get them down to size." <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, Roland probably also believes in bleeding people because of humors and things yeah, again you know yeah, that like oh your humors are out of balance but yeah. when it comes to the mental health aspect he's doing pretty well <laughs> uh, you know you know that van a at some point taught him how to do trepanation exactly yeah it's uh <laughs> nice little hodgepodge there um, but, um, this is also the point where they, you know, where Eddie explains, Hey, when you, when you roll me back, I saw myself. And this probably also has something to do with exacerbating the situation because for that moment, Detta also saw, you know, r- recognized her duality there too. And so Roland says like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we, if we could join the two of them because there are things that we need in Detta, right? Again, kind of giving mm. away the, the, mm. the, the ending of the book a little bit. Um, spoilers, I suppose, but it's the same book and we're, we're about halfway through. Like there are, there are good things about both Detta and Odetta. And that is something that I'm definitely trying to pay attention to as we are seeing the wilier side of, uh, of Detta herself. Like, is that, mm. is that coming through to you guys? Cause it was really hard for me to see anything positive about Detta on the first time through. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see exactly what you mean. Like she, there's sort of two halves of a person. Yeah. Uh, sort of the good and the yin and the yang, almost like you know, Odette has got the the people skills, mm-hmm. and Det has got the action to sort of nail it down, and the two together would be really powerful. Yeah. You know, that'd be a good mm-hmm. a good combination. That's a, that's a good team. Yeah, Det is probably the only person that we've seen besides Roland that has encountered any kind of violence before. Like when she's picking up guys and taking them to roadhouses and the car and getting in and out, and it. it She's the only person that's kind of kind of been in the shit, if you will, as opposed to Eddie, mm. who just there at the tail end had that shootout. Edda's, or excuse me, Detta's been playing around with a little violence for a number of years. Yeah, 
she's been inflicting the violence as opposed to kind of just having it <laughs> yeah. happen around her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, she 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 has proven to be able to survive under adversity, right? Like Eddie very much seems like a like a softer kind of creature of civilization, whereas both Roland and Detta seem like they would be you know self sufficient out in basically the wasteland that Midworld has become. You know. Man, Eddie, Eddie really is my, or I guess Gary Sue. That's what you call it, right? When it's a, <laughs> yeah. when it's a, when it's a man. But I'm like that. That'd be me. N- <laughs> never hit anyone with my hand, but I'm a little funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine in mid world. It'll be fine. Yeah, for- it, it, you know, like I don't even know how to make a fist. You put your thumb in or yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know. As long I'm as- basically a gunslinger. <laughs> As long as there's somebody around to do the real work, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely I, push I can... a wheelchair. I know that much. <laughs> and I can carry the pills. That's yep. all I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about Keflex, which Roland needs. Yep. <laughs> He's like every other member of the Justice League that isn't Superman. Yeah, pretty much. They're just there, they're just there to get rid of Kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, um, let's see here. There's the Honk Mafaz line um, again. Just I love the idea of these of these monsters that are that, that are being here, and this is where the Death March kind of begins because you know if they made slow progress before with Roland sick and Eddie suffering his, through through his withdrawals, now pushing this monstrosity of a wheelchair with Detta who keeps on grabbing the emergency brake and flipping herself out, um, specifically for the purpose of of tiring them out right like mm. this sucks yeah she's she's wearing them down like physically and then also mentally as well yeah by just keeping on and on and on and not stopping right and not letting them have any rest and just like fighting the like you say fighting the the wheelchair which then they say like between her and the wheelchair weighs what 250 pounds i think they measure it at yeah yeah mm-hmm. if that gets knocked oh. over that takes a bit of time to get back up again because yeah, this is like a 1960s on wheelchair isn't it yeah mm. yeah on sand christ yeah <laughs> she says like oh you know it, t- it took you 10 minutes to get me back up that time huh or aren't you getting tired out <laughs> i i will compliment roland and eddie they did a very good job of keeping their temper like to oh, yeah. a degree that i wouldn't have thought possible i mean there's <laughs> there's there's one moment where roland has a quiet talk with her and he's like hey buddy <laughs> You're gonna need to be a little more quiet, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he—he's, but he's still very pleasant, considering. Like, I will gag you, okay, bud? Yeah, if, if I <laughs> gag you, you're probably gonna die. People choke, okay? Yeah, just throwing it out there. Yeah. But um, we're we're all friends here. Yeah, you just need to shut up. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> just hey, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> I loved how cheerful you were when you said that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, but that was in response because eventually she starts screaming at just odd times, especially during the night, like to wake them up. And she says, oh, I'm testing you. There may be wolves. I want you. I want to be sure you'll get up to protect me if there are wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Except she calls them wolves, which is really, really funny. Which which is the funniest boy who cried wolf thing ever. Like, you never want to say that you're like, it's actual wolves because I mean, it's the biggest cliche of all time, right? Uh, I totally didn't. I, I did not like link that to a literal crying of wolf. Yeah, the 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 lady of shadows that cried wolf. 
oh my gosh, she's not eating. Like she is, uh, you know, starving herself out essentially as they are using the last of the, uh, the last of their, uh, shells to kill lobsters, to feed all of them, including her. And she has like this really stubborn, like little kid logic about it. Like, no, I'm not going to eat that. Cause you poisoned it. He eats one part of it. No, you poison the part you're going to give me. He eats the other part. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very much like the strategy from the Princess Bride with the poison, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything's poison. Yes, it's all poison. <laughs> oh, man. I, there was one line in there where they were talking about, um, all right, maybe it was Eddie that was thinking, I wonder if she w- would like to eat one of these lobstrosities knowing that they ate Roland. And mm-hmm. I hadn't put it together before, but a lobster's uh, or crustaceans, I guess, or any seafood is probably the only 100% carnivore that I ever eat. I mean, I know a chicken will eat a bug every now and then, but yeah. for the most part, we eat herbivores. I, I, I hadn't thought about what lobsters really eat before. Huh. I mean, like, I, have, huh. I have no idea what lobsters eat. Like, Don't they eat like rock slime and stuff like that? Like, they eat if- cowboys. <laughs> yeah. yeah like uh, if you see a cow you don't think i wonder if that cow is eating a dead body with mm. a lobster you might need to be like huh but, but like it's it's one of those things like they're they're are they obligate carnivores because you even stuff that we consider to be herbivores like there's that video of a deer eating a pigeon right hmm yeah, okay. pigs are the one I worry about. Pigs are the one I worry about. Oh yeah, you see yeah. Snatched, oh, pigs, right? will, pigs will eat you in a second. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, never, never trust a person with more than four pigs. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what lobsters or any other crustaceans eat. I just, I, I kind of just always assume they were, uh, they were just like filtering stuff out of the water, maybe. Maybe that, maybe that shrimp. But don't crabs go over and eat pieces of of things and and lobsters? Really, whenever I see a crab, he's either he's either smoking or he's holding a knife because that's my only. I mean, it's the internet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can um, assure I, you that as soon as we finish up this podcast, I will be googling deer eats pigeon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of upsetting, actually. Okay, um, I found and, what lobsters actually eat. Oh, okay. you found that too. Okay. <laughs> okay, lob- lobsters like to eat. Crabs, clams, mussels, starfish, smaller fish, and sometimes even other lobsters. Oh, yeah. So we're eating um, cannibalistic carnivals now. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think a lot of other animals have as many taboos about cannibalisms as we, uh, cannibalism as we do. I think it's a court of last resort because of disease spreading, maybe, but... Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we really talking about cannibalism? Hey, hey, and, and the sea is a tough place... Just like where Roland lives. Oh, true. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mamas don't let your sons grow up to be lobster food. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, so oh, good. Oh, I was just going to say, but to be fair, um, after eating all of this lobster, no, nobody's doing so well. Like, nobody's feeling good. It's not helping sick Roland very much at all with his fever and everything. My, yeah. my, my boy needs some vitamin C. Yeah, they're um they're they're getting scurvy. Um all of the symptoms sound horrible, but especially the teeth rolling around in their gums. Ugh. Yeah, that's a nightmare. I like that Roland calls it shipmates disease. That's a nice term, and immediately you know yeah. what that is. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it uh, it definitely is. They're like, oh, you know, it's like he, he even laughs about it. Like it's it's a joke, really. You know, we need fruit, we need greens. <laughs> like it's just it's that <laughs> simple. Because this whole the, the, this whole beach is barren. And like at, like at one point they describe like, oh, you know, nothing would grow. Occasionally there are just weeds poking out, laying limply, like they're embarrassed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why doesn't Roland have anything cool in his magic bag? I don't know. I think maybe Martin um, took all the magic out of it. Yeah, we don't even see him smoking anymore. No, no. That's to kill him, doesn't it? Yeah. Eventually he gets more. He, he gets more zigs, I think. Well, and, and for Eddie being a junkie, I would imagine it would be a, be a, a nice thing to help him transition. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and- a couple of stale donuts, some, some coffee. You know, as I was reading this chapter, I kept thinking, why doesn't Roland do the bullet trick again? <laughs> like, just, just hypnotize her, zonk her out a little bit. See if maybe you can do some, like, some shrink work while he's in there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this a, thing works. That's a, that's maybe he's missing, question. maybe because he's missing his fingers. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Da, 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 drop. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's an amazing point. Uh, maybe he's just not as gifted with the left hand, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's I mean, taken a pen. He's taken a penalty to his deck score. Yeah, uh, with that one. <laughs> I, I just want to see. Time. <laughs> I, I want to see him. I just want to see visually just just him pick up this shirt. I'm like, watch this, and just get it on his fingers and go da, 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 and drop. I just stare at it, just <laughs> furious. <laughs> it's a short film. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had I had I completely forgotten about the uh, about the bullet trick. Uh, I'm flashing forward in my memory. I don't know if Old Roland ever does it again. Well, mm. I, I guess to be fair, he didn't want to give her a good look at those bullets since later that's the only thing that saves them. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, there's there's an awful lot of like this is the only time they ever worry about counting bullets in the in the series, um, just because you know again half of the shells have been ruined. And, you know, at a certain point here, they, they run out. And so Roland says, hey, Eddie, guess what? Guess what you're beating to death tonight? Um, <laughs> it's not what you think. <laughs> the answer may surprise oh, us. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, like they're they're just really resenting, resenting this whole this whole situation. They can't sleep anymore. Because Detta is is, is is shouting. Detta, you know, again, creating these memories. She's manufacturing these memories of Eddie and Roland taunting her with poison lobster while they eat beef and drink beer. Like, <laughs> and then just, like, bait her with it, you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's it, it's not good for anybody. And it's clearly, like, fabricated to the point where it, it's overwriting what's in front of our eyes as well. Because oh, yeah. they clearly have not eaten any beef or drank any beer for a while. Yeah, their, like, te- mm-hmm. their teeth are swimming in their gums. It. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, that, that's the the, men, the mental pictures she's making are overwriting reality in her eyes, I guess. Right. And it's a, think, you, get, you get that a bit with Odair as well, though, don't we? So. Yeah. Doesn't Roland even mention that he'd rather have a beer than a Pepsi at this point? He's like, God, a cool <laughs> beer would feel so great down my throat right now. You know, I believe even better. So. Or I think it was aspirin. He's like, I don't want. I'd rather have that than Aston. And I'm like, No, you wouldn't. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> um, there's a there's a funny exchange here. I want to I, I want to make sure that we get it out. Like they're trying to uh, play good cop with her. Roland is anyway, saying like, Hey, I'll loosen your ropes a bit if you're going to be still. And then she, she says, Suck shit out of my ass, Mafa. And then he says, like, like, like Roland's honest response is, I don't understand if that means yes or no. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah. <laughs> He's sort of looking over his shoulder at Eddie like, "Uh, (laughs) Can you you translate, please? Please just run run some kind of interference for me. This is is bad. Um, No, I don't understand. Do I want to be a muffer or don't I? Yeah. (laughs) Is there a chart I can consult? Um, (laughs) Well, there's even a line, right? Like Roland says, I only understand one out of ten things that come come (laughs) out of her mouth. And Eddie says, well, I've got you beat there. I understand two out of three. And this gets down to something that's kind of important because, you know, we've we've made a big deal about the way that Dada talks in this very, you know, again, cartoonish patois, this southern accent that is so that that, that is so deep and so cartoonish that, uh, you know, nobody can really penetrate it. And Eddie, you know, upon realizing that, you know, she's basically gaslighting them or attempting to uh, by acting, you know, like even being afraid of you know, a wet rag to like wipe her cuts clean. Um, Eddie points out like, Oh, it's just an act even down to the accent, to the way that she, that she's talking, you know, to, to the way that she talks. Um, it's, it's a terrible, terrible act going as far as say it's so stupid. So goddamn hokey again, you know, this is, this is Detta talking, talking like, I don't know, a, a, a better way to say this so buckle up talking like the worst example of like what a black stereotype or cliche would be you know like a like a like a gone with the wind being forced to do the mammy type of like a like a this is the role that's been written for you type of thing and uh, odette is a bit that way too i mean she's just such a beige area that's so nice that it's they're they're both such acts yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I think the fact that, yeah. that Det is not a real person, like she wouldn't have grown up and learned how, like how her manner of speaking is kind of, you know, would have mellowed into a link. She's just kind of pulling, I guess she's kind of pulling pop culture things and bits to kind of construct a personality out of, out of this like aggressive, vicious thing. And it, she's more of an amalgam of, you yeah. know, stereotypes almost, I think. Yeah. I'll- all I have to say is thank God she's from the '60s because uh, that's the only jump that a lot of people have on her. And then that Roland's a gunslinger because if she were from the future, she'd probably have robot wings. She'd be <laughs> making jokes about Bitcoin and she would be messing these boys up. Oh God! Like, <laughs> you, you, you know, like I'm sorry. Which which where do you come from? Oh, we yeah. live on oil rigs off the off the coast. Yeah. Like, what do you... Have you ever heard of a movie called Waterworld? It's like that, and I'm about to mess you boys up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do, do you have any smokes? No. Okay. Good. What? <laughs> like like like. Thank thank goodness she's. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dad is a quick study, but um, thank goodness she's not on even footing, and that she is in a wheelchair. Because again, these. She, she would she would destroy these boys. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, she yeah. has she has such an upper hand, even even with her kind of compromised mobility. Yeah. So there's that, and there's probably any number of discussions that could be had about whether or not that ameliorates um, the the depiction here. But that I, I feel like we talked a lot about that last time too. But like that is. That is at least the in-fiction justification for why Detta is so over the top. Mm. I think she needs to be extreme for them to have a reason to do something or want want to do something about her. Yeah. They, they can't live with this person. She's impossible. Yeah. Like, if she'd have been more reasonable, they'd be like, ah, we can make this work. <laughs> How good? 
Oh, I was just going to say there's a point towards the end talking about um, how Eddie was falling in love with her where Roland touches Eddie's arm and Eddie kind of feels like a little bit of love towards Roland again. <laughs> and again, it just does remind me of me in junior high. Like, <laughs> okay, well, now dead is mean. But Roland touched my arm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very much just uh, kind of responding. Uh, just just picking up whoever the last person talked to him. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're all just so in love. Yeah. Hey, Roland, how do you think I'm looking at cowboy hat? <laughs> Roland, do you have any extra hats? Can we sit by your place and get some extra hats? My place is gone. It's been gone for millennia. Okay. Let's... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Eddie Duchesne. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just so impressionable. He just he he needs somebody to need him, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a certain point here where it's not Detta's fault that they fall over, but you know Eddie is just at the end of his rope and gets frustrated, pushes her through a little sand trap, and then knocks her over. Um, and th this, this I think is up there for some of the most terrifying images in the book, really in a book full of them. Like she is, she is down. The slipknot has been tied in such a way that if she's tipped over, she chokes and she is laughing and wheezing with all the breath that she has as her face is turning blue. Like, haha, guess what? You, you fucked up, didn't you? Like dying the whole time as they try and write her, even as she's strangling and this is that satisfying thing about data, which I did not, as you mentioned, appreciate the first few times that I read it. Uh, and just until this recent thing, it, it, there is something very satisfying by how badly she's holding up these boys, how they're having to have to put up with her. And again, for Roland, who can be very high handed with everything we saw in the first book with Jake. Good. Good. <laughs> you, you, you tell him data. Like, yep. You tell him. Yeah, she even sees through, like, you know, when he starts talking past Detta, talking to Odetta, like saying, hey, if you're in there, if you, can, if you can exert any kind of control, you know, she does everything but spit in his eye. Yeah. And I, I do really enjoy that Detta does. Uh, I mean, she pretty much does exactly what I do after a big fight is rewrite everything to just, <laughs> like, have me as the victor. Like, listen, I'm just sitting here. You guys are the ones that... Calmer, are, are, calmer than you are. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I'm not the one who's tugging on that dude's candle. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm just sitting here being cool. Yeah. I like I like the laughing as well. Like oh yeah, it, it's that it's that sort of the feeling of ah, worth it. <laughs> 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 you, you've run and you you've grabbed someone and jumped off a building to go like fucking worth it. <laughs> <laughs> this is inconvenient for you. It, 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 <laughs> And, and and it is that infuriating, like someone had mentioned earlier about her not having a childhood. Like, like it is that infuriating toddler thing, too, where if you show them something shiny, they stop bawling and start going, oh, what's that? Like, yeah. that they can shut the tears off and on. Like, the fact that she's laughing, it is that id type of thing where, oh, it's so funny to see someone get hit in the face by a, <laughs> like a pratfall type of thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Even, even if it is you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think know. they'd have been more rough to her if she if she hadn't have had any of the Odetta stuff? Like the fact that they met her as a calm, reasonable person. Do you think they'd have been more wanting to just you know, sort of choke her unconscious for the sake of argument to make their lives easier? That's a really interesting Roland question. Have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Roland might have, but I think Eddie wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, it it but, all kind of goes to show that, uh, or you know, kind of reinforce the fact that uh, Deda doesn't really have a long game in this. It is just to stymie and ruin these boys' day. Yeah, destroy that beach party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just bust, bust up the boys on the beach. Yeah, it's um, yeah, like I have no doubt that she she thinks anyway that if if she is free of them, if she is free of her tor- of her tormentors, she can she can get out i have have no doubt that she thinks that you know Mm. it's probably not true but Mm. but to to odetta's credit in every other area of her life odetta's been a millionaire Mm -hmm. so odetta probably largely can get her out of any scrape that she gets into because she's a dentifrice millionaire yeah but that doesn't spend on this side no Mm. yeah so she doesn't have that. Uh, she doesn't have that safety. Uh, that, that safety net. And imagine. <laughs> so imagine a uh, a, a Roland and Eddieless uh, Detta, you know, going around, and then just one day Odetta wakes up in a strange wood with a gigantic bear hovering over her. You know, there there is a great uh, commercial on there, right? Like, because the one thing the lobsters don't take is American Express. No, no, they will. You, you, you know, like there's a credit card like thing right there, right? Yeah. Like they, they they will not take your tooth money. In fact, all of their teeth are inside their stomach. It's kind of gross. <laughs> exactly. Listen, yeah. lobster, I'll write you a check, man. Don't don't dad a chick me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this the, this kind of sets up the scene. You know, they rescue her from uh, from from choking to death as she you know she laughs at all of their misfortune. Um, and this makes Detta say, "Hey, I'm going to throw up." And she starts convulsing and screaming about the plates and the blue the blue lady, and then passes out. And right as Odetta wakes up, Roland passes out because let's take stock here again. Like everything about this chapter is just showing how far up against the wall they are. Um, they're out of bullets. No, you know, no, no bullets that are, uh, sure to fire are around anymore. Right? They've, they've, they've used them all up. Uh, they can't sleep and haven't slept well because Detta has been screaming. Um, Eddie is probably still working off some of the, uh, some of the effects of being a heroin addict. Uh, Roland is sick and already passing out here. Um, they can get food, but all the food they can have won't actually give them the, nutri- the nutrition that they need. So they're slowly starving to death on dry land. <laughs> you know, like it's all this stuff just like stacking against them. It even says like Roland passes out 30 miles south of where the beach ends. All he wants is a Pepsi, just one Pepsi. <laughs> <sighs> Man, the, my, my my kingdom for a Pepsi, yeah. <laughs> so, so final thoughts here about uh, about all this stuff. I, f- I feel like we've navigated it. Oh, okay. Chase, h- how about you? Any wrap up thoughts about uh, about L- the Lady of Shadows Part Two? This part of like this half of the portion of the book moved by at such a blinding pace like this has probably been uh the quickest moving set of chapters that uh has been in the book so far and it really kind of kept me engaged like every so often like even for short spurts of a book just because i no longer have an attention span um (laughs) it takes me a couple of goes to try and like get through it i sat down and read this all in one sitting um and it was incredibly entertaining the whole way through yeah um, and I'm excited, like, uh, you know, as I've said a couple times, I'm reading this as we're going along. So I'm really excited to pick back up and see, cause this, this is a pretty rough spot because now we've got 
two foreigners to this land kind of on their own here yeah with uh with rolling out a commission yeah i can assure you the rest of this book gets real um nice yeah uh patty how about you um honestly much much the same actually <laughs> entirely honest like it, it does like it bangs through i did the same thing yesterday i, I kind of sat down for my reread to sort of you know make some notes and stuff and i it, I, I got through it in one go as well like oh this mm-hmm. is blasted through it you know i really really got through this bit quick um i like that they take uh time on each sort of half of odette it's basically a 50 50 split like half of it is odette to the other half is debtor and you get a really good idea of what each half of her brings um and the sort of the real danger that that data does put roland and eddie in uh, and the reason why they have to then keep moving uh and and then by the end when they're sort of they're worn down and you're hopeless and like I think the pace of the book helps that. I was I was exhausted by the end of this. Like I was tired with them. Like this poor guy. It's like she's I mean, she's got her reasons, but she's awful. Yeah. Just a terrible person, man. Never invite girls to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> this is a boy's beach. Um Boys yeah. in the beach. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Autumn, how about you? Um, I think the first few times that I read this, um, it was really hard for me to get, to get past some of the stereotypes and everything. But reading it again, once I decided to set that aside, I, I think Detta is one of the most terrifying characters in the series, hands down. Yeah. I mean, she she is she is terrifying. And for someone that's not scrappy, and um, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly cunning. Like if I <laughs> if I went to an escape room, I'd probably have to stay the night in the building after everyone left because I'd be like, I'm still still can't get out, guys. <laughs> the escape room like, would like, turn into a church lock-in. Yeah, yeah. My my friends would be taking the pictures of the sign, and I'd be like, Where am I? Is this a bathroom? How did um, how did the, Autumn I, get lost in the vents? As as someone that is not particularly crafty um, and not particularly scrappy, I, I've really enjoyed rereading her this time because she she is one of the scariest characters in the series. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I will say the, I'll, I'll agree with, with with everybody, but specifically about the pacing. Like, think about all the stuff that we talked about and the things that happened over the course of these chapters. Not an awful lot of action transpired. Right. Like this is not a shootout in a bar. This is not, you know, a, a, a fast pace like we're dealing with customs like this is them bringing somebody through talking with them and like getting the size and shape of her dysfunction and then dealing with this person who is tied to a chair but is still making their life miserable. <laughs> you know that they're doing so much with so little i think that there's like a lot of really canny things that king does with uh like compressing time in this like it is not kind of presented in a straightforward linear fashion like they're skipping a lot of stuff they're going days in and days out um with with, with a lot of this to kind of create again just this accumulation of exhaustions right I dig it. Um, it's uh, you know, it is uncomfortable because of uh, because of the race thing, and that's not going to go away um, for the rest of this book. It does get better in the rest of the series, um, and you know, th- th- thankfully, this is about as bad as it's going to get. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're going into kind of this kind of wild climax as all the pieces are going to come into place. So I'm very excited about it, and I'm excited to have everybody uh, in in with it. Um, so next time we're going to be talking about the first section of the pusher, uh, that's going to include the reshuffle and, uh, all the chapters up through the honeypot. 
Um, and we're going to end with the honeypot. I forget exactly what the end of that chapter is, uh, but it's there. You'll see it. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll be back in two weeks with that in terms of admin. I probably mentioned this at the beginning of a couple of episodes, but, um, go check out the diggity duck bundle, um, that has, uh, episodes of all of the current shows on the network, including this one. Uh, we sat down and we went through Stephen King's 1408 thinking that there were not that many thinking that there were no dark tower connections, but autumn, you brought a lot of stuff to the fore with that. I heard it all from my mailman. He brought me a lot of mail. <laughs> yeah. Um, 19 pieces. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun episode. Um, I've heard good things about it. Uh, people are happy that we're talking about 1408. So um, go check it out. That is at duckfeet.tv slash store where you can buy that. Um, the proceeds, all of it goes to charity. We're splitting it up between three, uh, three great causes, the ACLU, CARE, and the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. Um, and it's been a resounding, uh, resounding success so far in the month or so that it's been out as of the time we're recording this, but otherwise, uh, uh, subscribe to us, tell your friends and leave a rating or review on iTunes. If you can, um, let's see, autumn, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me in the radio free Midworld slack, uh, on duck feed. And then you can also find me on Twitter at, at Mrs. Greer. That's at M I S S U S Greer. Chase, how about you? Uh, you can find me on the Duckfeed Slack ad as uh, Chase G. You can find me on Twitter at TQ Loudly, um, on uh, my website, cagphoto.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Chase G Photo. Yeah. And Patty, how about you? Uh, well, you can find me mostly on Twitter, uh, at Paddy Stardust. Uh, I am half of the Twin Humanities podcast, which is the other Dark Souls podcast you might have heard of. Uh, we put things out occasionally. Uh, you can find that on at Twin Humanities. That's a really good place of finding us. And if you go on YouTube, uh, I'm currently doing a one bro run. Oh, nice. Uh, and I can't beat Ornstein and Smell at the moment. Uh, it's going okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've not beaten them at time of recording, but by mm. the time this goes out, Hopefully I would have, because that would have been 20 episodes of failure by this point. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm taking questions as well. So if you have anything you want to ask me, uh, throw me a comment on one of those videos and I will answer it. If you want to ask me a Dark Tower question, I'll try and answer it. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. And you can find that on uh, YouTube, uh, Twin Humanities Pod. I think you'll find it on. Okay, cool. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, to the Assemble panel, to Autumn, to Chase, and to Patty. Um, and uh, we will be around for you here. Tell your friends again, please. And uh, we'll see you next time. But until then, long days and pleasant nights. <laughs>